Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and in for part two with me today is Coach John Pelfrey, head coach over at Tennessee Tech University. And Coach, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you having me. It's good to be back. Part one went so quick, Coach. We we got a lot of uh, base-built, foundational understanding about you and, and some of your principles. I'm uh, going to get into actually you growing up and, and playing ball. And let, let's fast forward because it, I'm sure it was a kind of a, a blur for you, but high school basketball in Kentucky is different, I think, than anywhere else. I guess you could compare Indiana maybe um, to that. But you, you mentioned it the first part of uh, part one about the playoffs in uh, Kentucky. It's different there than it is anywhere else. And I think it's still pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about uh, first the playoff system. Then I want to dive into your high school career. Yeah. So in the state of Kentucky, we all played for one championship. So it's, I was class A school and we we're going up against, uh, you know, the highest classifications, you know, and um, it's one state championships. It's also the same way in baseball. It's one state champion. Football, there are class systems. Uh, we're broken up then into class A, class what, uh, you know, double A, whatever. Um, but basketball is still unique. Um, they do have a class A all-state championship now, a tournament that kind of goes on inside of the season that wasn't there when I played. Um, so it is unique. It's loved. Um, yeah, I was eat up with basketball in that state. Obviously, it's, the driving force there is, you know, is, is University of Kentucky. Um, and... I remember when we moved to Paintsville, uh, my dad did it for a, a, a job in the coal mines. And so with, that's what brought us back to his hometown, Paintsville. Uh, we were living in Boyd County, which was, which was a much better high school basketball situation. Uh, that was a county school in Ashland. Because um, my dad, as I told you, was teaching in Ironton, Ohio, where I, 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 was, I, was, I was born over there in Chillicothe. So anyway, we got to Paintsville. And man, when I got to be like in seventh, eighth grade, um, I kind of started seeing the guys that were around me. We had we had a pretty good team. We had a lot of really good athletes, and but my mom and dad weren't real sure because Paintsville hadn't done it. They hadn't been to the state tournament since 1933, and they're like talking about moving back. And so I would always tease them because I said, "No, I don't want to go. I have no idea." They never listened to me on anything, <laughs> <laughs> but we stayed, and uh, we ended up going to the state tournament uh, three straight years and got beaten in the semifinals by Allen Houston and. Um, and Louisville Ballard in a really hard-fought game, and uh, one of the toughest days of my life. We were up three, I think, to start the fourth quarter, and we missed our first ten shots mm-hmm. on the fourth. Couldn't make one. Um, but I, I just played with a lot of really good players, and and um, uh, it's just a wonderful experience. My high school coach is still a big part of my life. Um, I love going home. I love it, and uh, I'm not going to stay there very long, but I love going home. It was a great place for me, um, and super, super proud of, of what we were able to accomplish. So I can imagine you going to ninth, 10th grade. How tall are you? I'm 6'7". You're 6'7 now, so when you about the same height then? I was probably 6'3", uh, 6'4", as an 8th grader, and kind of just grew a little bit every year. Yeah, by the time you got to your senior year, so... Mm-hmm. You, you you go through your junior year, you had to have a successful junior year, and all of a sudden, you know, recruiting is a lot different then than it is now, yeah. but you had to have a lot of schools that were becoming interested in you. How how, how did you handle that? I didn't handle it very well at all. I, I, I'm the poster child for what not to do. Uh, <laughs> so at the end of my freshman year, I was starting to get a little bit of notoriety, and somebody put a, a, a TV camera in front of me and asked me, like, where do you want to go play basketball? I said, University of Kentucky. It was the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever said in my entire life. That's so arrogant. And uh, But it was the truth. 
I have, I have a promise. I have a problem. Sometimes I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm open and honest and it could be to a fault. Sometimes some people like that. Some people don't. Um, but it is kind of me. Um, and so, uh, I had started working and just being a little small town like that. It wasn't a lot of publicity, this, that, and the other, um, great friends of mine, Sean Sutton, his dad was a coach. We're in the same class, Darren Feldhouse, his father played there. Um, so it was just, um, yeah, I, I, um, it was just super competitive and I got lucky and ended up winning Mr. Basketball and, and that really changed things for me. I was being recruited, but it really changed a lot of the offers that I got from a higher level standpoint. Uh, I came out of high school. I visited Marshall. They were great at the time. Um, a lot of really good players. It was like 55 miles from my house. Um, I visited Alabama with coach Sanderson. Uh, mm. he's still in my life today. And the, he always teases me, like when he brought me on a visit, I went to the Memphis back this Memphis State game. Right. And he says, Yeah, we recruited John, wanted him really bad. I'm like, and we we've had a chance to be in public settings together. I'm like, <laughs> hold on now, coach. You didn't want me too bad. You brought me to the Memphis State game. He goes, Yeah, you're probably right. You should have been a little bit better player. We'd have brought you to another game. But uh what a wonderful relationship. What a big time coach. Um I also visited uh uh, Louisville, and that was just totally because I was upset and mad that Kentucky hadn't offered me. Um, I was down there for my Mr. Basketball Award, and Coach Crum uh, invited me over for like a day. Uh, and the whole state of Kentucky went wild because all the uh, Mr. Basketballs at that time was going to Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Frank Cornette, Scott Droud, Barry Goheen, uh, all these guys were going down and they were beating Kentucky. And so, and I would, that's where I was going. I was going to Vanderbilt to play for Coach Newton, uh, John Bostic, and uh, Coach Martin, and all those guys. And the really cool thing, Sam, about this whole thing, and then obviously I won Mr. Basketball in Kentucky offered me, and, and I'll tell you a story about how, the ending of that deal. But when I went to Tuscaloosa as uh, the associate head coach there for Avery Johnson, um, I ended up buying a house, and I was literally three-tenths of a mile from where Coach Newton lived. And I got to be there with him. So it's just crazy how basketball has taken me all over the place. I've been to France and Spain. I've been, I grew up in Kentucky, uh, you know, all this stuff, but I got to end up with coach Newton right there at the end. And uh, he always tells the story too, that he's done recruiting Eastern Kentucky because he tried to get Todd May. He even went to Kentucky, he tried to get me. I was coming. He was speaking at my high school banquet. And so with my recruitment, um, I visited all these schools early. I'm sorry, I visited four schools early. I visited Vanderbilt, Marshall, Kentucky, and um, um, Vanderbilt. So uh, when I took those visits and Kentucky didn't offer me, I'm like, I'm not ready to go anywhere. Um, I'm going to wait. And because uh, Kentucky told me if one of a couple guys didn't come, that I'd have, they'd give me a scholarship. Well, I knew they weren't getting all those guys. So I'm just going to I'm going to get this. So um, when they didn't do it, um, I won Mr. Basketball, and the whole thing changed, whatever. Uh, that's when it went down, and that's, how, that's what got me there. So everybody's going wild, right, and it's writing about it, talking about it. I come home. I'm out of my mind. I wore a Louisville T-shirt to school one day. I was getting ridiculed and chastised because everybody knew how I felt about the University of Kentucky. And, and um, so uh, my dad, I was playing baseball, and we used to play all kinds of games on Saturdays. And we may play three or four games. And my dad said, you meet me over here at the Highland House. There's a local little little restaurant there. And it says, we're going to meet. 
and I had to be at the ballpark like at nine. So we had to meet at seven thirty. And get things. It's me and my mom. My dad says, "Where are you going to school?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said, "This is stopping today. We're ending this today. You, you we're, we're not dealing. The phones ring off the hook. The whole deal." And I said, "Well, I'm going to Kentucky." And my mom dropped her head. And I said, "If I fail, I'm going to fail at the best place in the country. I feel like I've worked hard enough. Uh, it's all I want to do. That's where I want to go." And he said, "Okay." get this done. And my mom wouldn't talk to me for like a year because she was so mad because they told me one thing and they did another. And, and, uh, um, but I told you earlier, that's kind of, I would not advise people to handle recruiting like that. It ended up working out for me. It, some people may say it took probation for me to play. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's kind of my story, how I got there. So uh, it was Vanderbilt and if it wasn't Kentucky, you would have been. I was going, it was done. Yeah. I was, it was over wow. with. And uh, coach Newton, like I said, was speaking at my high school bank banquet. And uh, after I said I was going to Kentucky, he didn't come speak at my high school. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I didn't think I, I don't think I knew that. Um, okay. So, you know, you, you just said something like you were lucky enough to get player of the year in Kentucky. Nobody is lucky getting player of the year in Kentucky. So, you know that just that just tells about your skills and and how good you are. You're a very modest person, I can tell. Um, but that recruiting game, you know, was it's a once in a lifetime thing, especially at that level. There's not very many people, you know, high school athletes. Five percent get to go on in one way or another, and probably about one percent get to go to a very very high level basketball program in, in the U.S. And you were one of those guys. It's got to make you feel special to be in that that category of of really blessed athletes and that have a lot of skills but also you have to have grades and smarts and all that too well it's very humbling quite honestly for me it's never been about like look at me how great this is because i always felt like my dad always told me there's somebody out there's working harder than you and you can't take a day off maybe the best of the best can take a day off but you can't so um it's always been very humbling um just to uh, have these opportunities and um i've always worked like i was one day away from losing my job so um, cause I, cause I enjoy it that much. It's not a bad thing for me. Like, um, you know, being a little bit afraid, being on edge, that doesn't make me hesitant or it doesn't make me like fearful. It makes me like, uh, want to be more prepared and make sure that I understand and recognize the moment. So it gets my best shot. No doubt. And that, that leaves us with when you made that decision you you left home for the first time. You, you're going to Lexington to play at the one of the most storied programs ever in basketball and still today. So once you signed, when did it all sink in? And, and what was the aha moment for you that hey, I'm 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 going? Well, when I got the opportunity to go, that was that was huge and kind of all paid off. But then I got on campus and uh, we were the best team in the country for ten straight weeks. Uh, I was the fifth team man. I was a fifteenth guy on the team. We had fifteen guys on scholarship at that time. I was the seventh man signed, the seventh man recruiting class. So it was an uphill battle. The first article they wrote on me uh, in, in the as soon as we got to school was Pelfrey has mountain legacy to fight, and it was such a negative connotation for me going there. Like uh, when people said, "Well, why'd they sign him? Like he's not going to play," and so I didn't even get a chance to like really enjoy the fact that yo man, you did it. It was like, nope, you're right back to where you were. Nobody thought you – they didn't think you could get here. Now they don't think you belong. So, and now it's you're never going to play. So 
you were a huge fish at a small pond, and again, it happens at every level. You're now going to be a small fish in that big pond. We're going to take a quick break with Coach Pelfrey from Tennessee Tech, head basketball coach, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Again, we got head coach John Pelfrey in the house, Tennessee Tech basketball, Kentucky basketball fame, and we were talking about that. So it, it amazes me in every level, and I've been through it, you know, from, you know, I played basketball and football and baseball, but the, I was best in football for some reason. And uh, every, every time you go from one level to another, you're a big fish in a small pond, and you turn into a little fish in a big pond again, and you have to go redo it again. So... You know, I can imagine you being as highly recruited as you were by these schools, but that's the way it happens. Everybody that's there is good. So you walk into that situation, now you're a small mm-hmm. fish again. You know, I think there's a, a level of understanding, like um, you walk into a room and just to think that you got to look at competition different. Some people get jealous or they are wanting what somebody else has. And I've never been that way. I've always had respect for my opponent, for my teammates, or whatever. But it didn't mean that I didn't have confidence that I belonged. Yeah, it may take me a minute to figure it out, but just give me a chance, and I will figure out how I can best impact the team. It kind of goes back to talking about having a chance growing up around older guys, right? Like, where do I fit in here? And be able to read people in situations. This was an unbelievable breeding ground for me. I could not get picked in a pickup game. I might play one a day. I didn't even break a sweat. My clothes didn't even smell. You know, and you're playing with Rex Chapman, Kenny Walker, uh, Eddie Davender, Rob Locke, Winston Bennett, all these guys. And like, no, I'm not as good as these guys. What are you going to do? And how, how are you going to deal with these feelings? Right. And what, what, what's your feeling? And it's not reality because where I'm at today doesn't mean it's where I'm going to be somewhere, but this is exactly where you are right now, pal. And what are you going to do about it? And so I think it's those moments that we really got to figure out what I want to do. How do I want to do this? And it's no different when you get a little bit older and your job and it gets really hard. And I don't know, maybe you lose a bunch of money for the first quarter. Uh, maybe your, your employees aren't acting right. Maybe your boss is just really overbearing and hard to deal with. Uh, you need a job. What are you going to do? And so you got to figure it out. And Jeff Van Gundy said this to me when I became a head coach. He said, when things get really, really hard, you're going to find out what you really believe in. I, I think I found that out really quickly as a player, as like 18, 19 years old. Like, okay, wow, this is going to get really hard. How bad do you want to do this? Man, I couldn't make runs. I couldn't finish conditioning. I couldn't get picked up in pickup games. So I was starting at the bottom. 
literally at rock bottom. I was the last guy. And some people may say, well, that's terrible. Whereas I think if you look at it from a different perspective, well, what if I could figure this thing out? What if I could really really, uh, get better? Look how much room for growth. What if I could do this? What would that mean for me? What would that, how would that change me? And then how would I be able to help somebody else? So that's kind of what happened. And man, it got, it did get harder. We got hit with probation. I was a part of the only losing team in the history of the school. You look up one day, you go from having all these players here. There was only eight scholarship players left. The whole program had to say, what are we going to do? Right. We lost our coach. We ended up getting coach Newton as an athletic director. He brings in this guy from New York who I can't understand a word the guy's saying. Right. He's just threatening everybody. And it ended up being the best thing ever because I did. We, we have to name that guy. <laughs> coach Patino. Like he was. Yeah. I oh, I've heard of him. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. And and so the way he spoke was like, I what? And then he was so serious. And the way I grew up, if somebody got mad at you, stayed mad for days. Like, this guy would, like, scream and yell at you and didn't have his arm around you the next 35 seconds. It was just so different for me. I was just, I was just in shock. And, but, I, but I loved it because there was a ball bouncing. And all of a sudden, he had me thinking I was Larry Bird. And our guys are, like, we're playing way over our head with nobody thought we should even win a game. And it was just turned into this magical moment. And it changed my whole life. Oh man, there's. I mean, you're talking about a lot of history right there with, with Coach Patino, and and you, you know, it, it's funny you didn't even understand. <laughs> That's hilarious, but uh, I, it, it goes. It takes me back to um, you go from a place to where you get a pickup game anywhere you want. You're the you're the captain, you know, and you pick the team, and then now you walk into this mm-hmm. incredible collection of athletes that can play the game. And, and now you have to start over again. Academic-wise, you know, how, how did academics – I know academics are very important to you. I can mm-hmm. tell that already without even talking about it. But not only do you have to worry about that job, but you have to worry about hitting the books and making sure you're making the grades. Yeah, no question. I grew up in a situation where both my parents were school teachers. My grandmother taught for almost 35 years. Um, if I didn't get my schoolwork done, I didn't get to go out and play. That, that was real for me. Um, my Both of my kids have gotten situations where – They've gotten like a C or whatever, and, and I, I, I suspended them from their teams. <laughs> so just to make sure they kind of understood what was what was important. So, yeah, that, that was all a part of the process, and it's certainly about the process now for these student-athletes here because the rules have gotten a lot better, and they have to pay attention from semester to semester. But, yeah, it's not just one thing. you got to be able to, to multitask. you got to be able to handle a lot of different stuff. you got to show some resilience and toughness. You also need to be helpful and kind. If you want somebody to help you, well, how about you helping somebody else first? If you want to be loved, how about you loving somebody? Like a ferocious competitor also is very kind and generous. And how about this one? He's probably really grateful, too, for the opportunity because all of us, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so I think all these things, these, these life lessons, when you get in these competitive environments, it's the best place to be. But when you're growing up, if parents, coaches, or whoever try to keep you from that because you don't, they don't want you to stumble or fall and bruise your knee or get a little bit of cut, uh, you're not going to learn this and you're not going to be ready for it. And you're going to almost look back and say, well, why did you guys do everything for me? Oh, I thought that was what you needed to do. I, I get a little bit. I wonder, I shouldn't say frustrated, but I wonder when people say, I want better for my kids than I had. Why? How about if they went through the same thing you did, maybe they'd be just as successful as you are. Yeah, that's great. And so um, I, I think anybody that's a warrior, and we all respect warriors, right? 
They got scars. So you can preach from your pain and you can share your scars. What better way for somebody to learn from you about being resilient and tough? Like you made mistakes? Whoa. Yeah, I have. I've made some mistakes, but it doesn't define me. I'm much bigger than that. So I just think those things are are some of the incredible life lessons that my parents were able to kind of get into me and and help me have a little bit of resilience and tough because we've all had to do that. Uh, Athletics is a place that started for me, but it's also been a microcosm of my life. Yeah, and that's amazing. In in a minute and a half we got left in this segment, you touched on it just a little bit, but um, I I love the thought process uh, about – you know, not necessarily making everything easy, you know, and we, some, we both seen helicopter parents and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you tell your kid, you were, you're good, you're good, you're good, but they're going to run into a time where they're not good. And for you, it was like getting to Kentucky and, and being a part of all these great athletes and then having to re- prove yourself again. They're at some point, they're going to have to prove themselves. If someone's always telling you're good, that's not what you need to hear. That doesn't mean that it shouldn't be, hey, man, if you, you need to work hard, this, that, and the other, and if you don't get what you want, learn from it and then try again. But if all you're hearing is, oh, you're really good at this or you're really smart, and then all of a sudden adversity hits and you get a bad grade or you have a really bad game, and you're like, well, you told me I was really good and I was really bad today. Now what? Well, now you've got – you're going to feel guilt. You're going to feel shame. Like – Man, my dad or mom said I was really good. My coach said I was really good. My grandma said I was really good. My brother said I was really good. I must be embarrassing them now. And I think because so words matter. And nobody's being good or bad. But I think there's just an approach that you need to be careful with because all of us, when we don't do, when we think we're good at something and we don't get it, one or two things are going to happen. Either we're going to become, get really resilient and tough, figure out what what happened and come back better with an angry attitude, you know, about I'm going to get this done. Or we're going to like shy away and like, I don't want to experience that again. That didn't feel very good. Exactly. It's all in, it's all in the training and it's all in the expectation and the word that I love, productive struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, it should be a huge part of the growth of a, a student athlete. So coach, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, again with Coach John Pelfrey in the house talking some basketball today. And love the conversation so far, Coach. A productive struggle we, we hit on when we uh, went back. Uh, for me and in, in, in my career, and I told you I've always been undersized. Productive struggle was the name of the game for me. I was – I was never the best. I, you know, I was. I, I had to work because I was shorter than everybody else. I, luckily, I was. I, I was fast, so that helped me out in, in the sport of football. But in books, in the in the, uh, you know, relationships with other players, you know, not being picked number one, like you talked about, it, it's all about pr- productive struggle. But what I didn't realize at the time when I went to Tennessee Tech, and and that was a dream for me, living in Tennessee Tech, growing up for football, getting that opportunity. It was a dream for me, and it, it's meant so much. But at that time when I came in as a student athlete, it was about what can Tennessee Tech do for me because you're put on a pedestal. You know, when you're getting recruited and, and you finally get those offers and it, you're put on a pedestal and, and you think you're somebody. And then you walk back into that big pond again, and all of a sudden you're nobody in that big pond. you got to earn your way again. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's productive struggle. But before it was like, what can Tennessee Tech do for me? And after I got out, soon after I got out, I realized that I was lucky. I was blessed, so blessed, as a five foot nine, 135-pound kid coming out of Cookville High School to, number one, get the opportunity. But it, to me, it was about football, when it was really about my education and the rest of my life. Absolutely. And I, I soon realized that after I got out of tech, how valuable 
that experience was and how blessed and lucky I was to even have the opportunity and what it has meant to the rest of my life. Yeah, I think these opportunities, you know, education is a huge one, right? It's, it's not even really the education. I know my mom gets mad when I say this because <laughs> education today probably it, it didn't, it's not what happened. Like used to, if you had a degree, you basically guarantee yourself a job and maybe you could do that now, but it's not, it's not the same because wherever you go, somebody's going to train you up. Right. So, uh, but what it does show is your commitment level, your ability to learn. Can you learn quickly? Can you learn or are you a slow learner? And if it is, if you're a slow learner, that's okay. That's an important lesson to learn. You know what? I got this big project up. Got to be here in two weeks. You know what? Maybe I should start. I, I we got a, we got a project at the end of the semester. Instead of me waiting two weeks before, where Tommy can do it, maybe I need to start two months before. Knowing yourself, self awareness is, is is critical. And you know, I, I, being around Coach Saban down there for for three years at Alabama is just he's all about process. He's all about understanding. He's all about accountability. And he's got a, a great thing that he says, and I thought it was good. He's like. You know, the season's going to be hard, and hard's got to be handled. And I kind of I kind of took it for myself and said, you know what? Life is hard, and hard's got to be handled. And you can plug in whatever you want to plug in, education, basketball, uh, relationships. Um, and that's, that's, we all need those types of skills. So sooner we can learn those types of things and, 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 and embrace it and get comfortable um, being there, you know, that's, that's where you want to be. I, t- I tell the players all the time, like, you know, I would love to be an astronaut. I think it'd be the coolest thing ever, but I know myself, I'm not going to put the work in to be an astronaut. It's not going to happen. And you talk about wanting to be a basketball player where well, you're not putting in the work necessary to be a basketball player. You don't get to decide what level of work is required to be success. There's a certain price that's got to be paid. And it's got to be paid every single day. So uh, if you want that, this is a good spot for you. But if it's not, you're not going to be on the same page as the head coach. And that's not good for you either. So, um, yeah, handling and getting comfortable being in adversity and being stretched like that. You know, people love to throw these buzzwords around, you know, embrace the grind or all these types of things. No, that stuff is real. When you don't feel like it, in the darkness when nobody's around, the popcorn's not popping, there's no fans in the stands, people aren't patting you on the back, and you're still you're still paying the price. That's 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 somebody that really cares about it and loves it. I think that's something that we've lost a little bit, especially in the the younger. So many different reasons, but the the younger folks growing up are, are scared to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think failure. You learn so much. You learn so much more from failure than you do from being successful and, and people patting you on the back, telling you how good you are the whole time. And, and to me, that's what builds that character. And, and to me, character is. You know, I'm sure you ask your players. You know, what what do you do when people aren't watching you? There's winning and there's learning. There's no losing unless you're dead. There's winning and learning. And so I was studying. I was, again, I was around Coach Saban there a little bit, and he talked about the NFL Combine. And one of the things they ask these guys right before they draft them, because he's got millions of dollars on the line, and you, don't, you can't waste picks, right? And I'm sure they do this in other phases, but he's sharing this. And he said that they ask these guys, you know, why do you play so hard? Why, 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 why is this the most important thing to you? And they say, well, um, I just love it. Okay. We're going to ask you again. Because when you ask somebody three times, it usually gets a heart of the matter. It always goes back to them seeing somebody in their life, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, whoever. Like, I saw them struggle. I saw when it got really, really hard. And they wouldn't quit. 
when when you when you have a role model like that or when you're aware and we've probably all got somebody like that around close you just don't know it but when you're aware of that and that you got that to fall back on man today is really hard or tomorrow that is going to be a huge challenge for us we're not supposed to beat that team but i'm going to show up because I saw my grandmother do it. I saw my dad do it. I saw him lose his job. I saw him have to, us have to pick up, pack up our stuff and move to another county, another state, go to another, whatever the case may be, right? I saw somebody go into rehab. I didn't, I was all alone. But you know what? Let me dust myself off. Let me pick myself up. I don't know how we're going to do this. It may take me three hours. It may take me three days, possibly three weeks, but I'm going to get myself organized. I'm going to try it again. Like that. that's... That's the type of people we want to be around. I hope our players at, at Tennessee Tech, you know what? We don't have everything here. We have enough. But I'm better for being here because that guy knows me and he cares about me. And if I need him, he's going to show up. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. So let, let's quickly go back through. You, know, you graduate. You get out of Kentucky. And I'll, I'll, in a minute, I'll throw some quick fire question answers at you. But um, – what was next for you? And your senior year, you had a really good year, a couple of good years there at Kentucky while you were there. But, uh, you know, very successful career uh, and learned a lot along the way. But then what? Yeah, we were devastated with the end. You know, we lost the game versus Duke in the NCAA tournament. And we never thought we were going to lose. And uh, the game appeared to be in hand. And you had this miraculous play at the end, a throw and a catch. And the guy never missed a shot all night long. He hit. 20 straight shots, 10 for 10 from the field. He had 10 free throws. I mean, think about playing a college basketball game to go to the Final Four, and you hit 20 straight shots. Amazing performance. And then you had to have every one of them or you lose. <laughs> yeah. So to be on the wrong side of that was devastating. And I went halfway around the world uh, to, to France and Spain. And I'll never forget this. You know, this is before the, the phones and the Internet and all this stuff. And my phone rings in my little apartment. My, I just got married and Tracy and I were there. And it's Gene Wojcikowski for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, yeah, he says, I want to talk to you about the game. And it hasn't stopped since. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet. So uh, this, this thing has taken a life in, uh, of its own. But I went over there and I played for a year. I loved it. I came back. I got invited back to another NBA camp. but wasn't anything guaranteed. And then Coach Sutton gave me a chance to get into college coaching. He brought me to college uh, as, as a player and as a coach uh, at Oklahoma State. I was there for nine months, a really good experience. And then I went with Billy to Marshall for two years. And then we left and went to Florida um, in 96 when Coach won his national championship, I believe. And um, I was there for, for um, what was, I think it was six years with Billy. And we went to the Final Four uh, in 2000. And then I went to become the head coach at South Alabama for five years. Went two postseason terms, NCAA and, and the NIT. And then I was at Arkansas for four. And then went back to Florida uh, for a second run, and it was truly magical too. The first one was great. Second one was even better. Uh, it was amazing how we changed uh, at Florida from having all this talent to where Billy became his Hall of Fame coach, and we were able to do more with less. It was just it was it was magical. And then I went to um, Alabama as the associate head coach for for Avery Johnson when Billy left and went to the NBA. And then um, Mark Wilson called me, and we've been able to to get on here at Tennessee Tech, and it's just been a real blessing for a number of reasons. One, like I said, I'm back close to home, and I miss home. 
Uh, I had a chance to finish my dad's life well. Um, both my kids made a decision to come with us, which was a blessing. Uh, we got to see them graduate. They got a chance. They were both managers for me on, on separate occasions to travel and be with me with our team. Um, they were also here for us to go through a tough time with COVID and stuff. So we were all together. We weren't separate. Um, so it's been a lot of really cool reasons. And obviously last year too, our team made a lot of progress. And I tell everybody all the time that um, I needed last year, those guys, I needed them more than they didn't need me because we believe in, uh, I, mean, I got great alignment with Mark Wilson. I got great alignment with President Odom, my bosses on how we want to do this thing. And um, last year was proof of, of how we want to do it will work. Uh, we just had a lot of things we had to work through first, just in terms of where we were as a program, but also like for two years, things just weren't normal in the profession has also changed as well. Yeah, it's, it's been tough coming out of COVID and going into it. You know, last year was your breakthrough year here and a very fun basketball team to watch. And, uh, you know, the, the community really enjoyed this past season and, you know, the shot at the end, you know, I'm, I'm at home watching it and, you know, we won. And I know. Everybody thinks we won. And They're running then, the ribbon around the arena. Yes. And, and that had to be heartbreaking. But even to be in that position yeah. last year was a, a great step in the right direction and a turning point for you. Well, you know, the thing I thought was great about that game is both teams went at each other. The quality of play was really high. And they just keep stepping up and making plays, making plays, not backing down. Uh, the kind of go for it mentality uh, to be resilient and tough. Uh, to everybody play their role. It wasn't like it was just one guy that was carrying this. It was multiple guys. That was what was fun for me. I want to. I don't want to teach these guys plays. I want to teach them how to play. I don't want to have to them depend on me for their life. I want them to be able to learn and then go out and take care of themselves in the world. That's what a leader does. That's awesome. C- congratulations on a, a great season. I, I didn't get near enough. Uh, question and answered it I wanted to so we definitely have to bring you back for a part three so I would love it I really enjoyed it we will work that out but thank you so much for joining us today and it's been great learning more about you and and getting to know you a little bit better and I appreciate you coming to join the show absolutely thank you guys for joining us out there we will be back next week with local matter sports and hope to see you then